The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 32, a partnership podcast presented to you in partnership by Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content and Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. I am Arjo Choa from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, a very happy Thanksgiving week to you, sir. Welcome to Volume 32 of the NFC East Mixtape. Yeah, it was really weird, RJ, how you started our pre-show conversation by telling me how much you hate all the listeners. I actually uh, like the listeners here. here we go. Oh, yeah, we're going to lie. So and, we're going to uh, do it. Honestly, though, jokes aside, uh, a lot of good responses from uh, the listeners about our, the Christmas conversation. Something, someone actually sent me a DM, RJ, of them getting that uh, that Dove chocolate with the peppermint bark on top of it. Uh, so really cool to kind of see everyone involved and engaged and all the, the kind words and support that we're getting for this podcast. I think people realize that you and I are having fun talking about uh, this division. And <laughs> I think hopefully they're having fun along the way. So that's the goal. I want everyone to have fun. Uh, shout out to our loyal listeners, both on the BTB and BGN sides. Again, um, if you are a listener to the NFC's mixtape, don't be afraid to tell your uh, friends or family or whoever consumes other SB Nation content that you are a fan of uh, the premier podcast that SB Nation has to offer. There's not BLG and I aren't joking there. We can tell you for sure there is nothing like this nothing this ambitious we are truly a unique podcast uh, across the entire SB Nation network uh, but something that has gone really well for us Brandon is we've gotten a lot of ratings a lot of reviews lately uh, if you're new around here if you're not new and you haven't had a chance please do subscribe to your preferred podcast network if you're a Cowboys fan that's blogging the boys if you're an Eagles fan that's bleeding green nation and you can do this on both leave a rating write a review your home network leave a good rating write a great review talk about your team but go to the enemy leave a five-star rating write whatever you want you can say whatever you want you can trash the team do whatever you want but just leave that five-star rating we love those things uh the cross review as blg likes to call them brandon i have four reviews to read to you because oh we read every single review that we get are you ready uh let's do it the slog, we, gotta, the slog of yeah, reviews. We, we got a lot to get to so we need to kind of hurry on up here the first one comes to us five star I'll, I'll spoiler alert all five star ratings shout out to the listeners again uh from clt birdman mm. title of the review again these are on the blog on the voice side uh nfc east mixtape is the best here we go the nfc east mixtape podcast is my favorite podcast the banter between blg bleeding green nation and rjo choa is always good natured informative and fun 
as an Eagles fan, this year has not been particularly good for this type of format with too much crowing from RJ. I was thinking RJ must have been so animated on social media the last time the Cowboys made it to an NFC championship game. But then I realized social media wasn't a thing yet. Just the facts. Great job. Keep the podcast coming. This, of course, a response from Eagles fans from me saying, hey, just get creative with the trolling. That's all I ask. I'm I'm down with this. You know, this was not bad, BLG. You know what's funny is that uh, a lot of people get my initials, BLG, confused with BGN. Like people you will use those see that. interchangeably. Yeah. Like like people like in terms of both like commenters and stuff from like maybe in a review or on in the BGN comments or Twitter or whatever, but also people in real life that I know too, which is like it's a really uh, kind of funny thing. So I thought it was funny that they included BLG and then Bleeding Green Nation. Not saying this happened for them. I'm just that made me think of that. Um, but yeah, very, very strong review from our good friend uh, CLT Birdman here. In real life, by the way, our IRL. Uh, next one sure. comes to us from Mario Cap, who titled the review Mario Cap. Mario is a fantastic listener, fantastic raider, fantastic reviewer. Uh, here we go. RJ, I agree with BLG. I believe Dallas will win the Super Bowl. I feel good for Dak. He is a great quarterback, and I am glad to see him have success. I hope you wrap up the first seed before week 18 so the Eagles can play your backups. RJ, I watched the game until Fox pulled it and switched to the Ravens. I was shocked. I believe the boys will be back with a vengeance. In 2004, when Philly was 12-4 and and lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, the Steelers, with a rookie Big Ben, crushed us. This is the NFL. RJ, even I root for the Cowboys sometimes, especially if they play the Saints, Packers, or Seahawks. Favorite Christmas movie, A Christmas Carol with George C. Scott as Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, Mario, I love you, buddy. Uh, you leave the the most reviews, the best reviews. You update your reviews, which again, I want to like Mario Cap is super reviewer. Yeah, teaching us all a very good lesson. If you write a review, if you've done it like a long time ago, like let's say you didn't even do it for the mixtape, you just did it for BGN Radio or BTB, you know, like you can update your review and, Mm -hmm. you know, add some new stuff in there or write a completely new one. So don't be shy to do that if you want to. It's not just about new reviews. It's also about updating your old ones. So uh, I don't agree with a lot of what Mario had to say here. And uh, I will say real quick, I find it very convenient that you're just trying to read all these reviews to uh, get it, you know, to distract from the fact that this is our our swap. Sworn creed is we will read every review. You want me to I be know. a liar? I mean, no, we'll, get, just, we'll get to the games. You know, I, I, you're just. I know you're just. Look, trying to look who, the look who hates the fans now. Uh, next one comes to us from Mike. Mike with fire. Uh, so you know, we well, skipped one, but that's fine. Uh, no, well, I, you know, let let let, let me set things up. Let me set things okay. up. Okay. Uh, Mike. Mike with fire uh, titles it mixtape question. Mixtape is great. Crossover review from an Eagles fan here. Question. My wife is a Cowboys fan and me Eagles. At the onset of the season, we made a deal that we would fly the flag of the better team out front of our home. My Eagles flag is collecting dust. Is there any aspect of the game or position where the Eagles are better than the Cowboys? Fly Eagles in parentheses flag fly. Uh, so interesting setup here. So this is a week by week basis. I was thinking maybe like at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, I thought it was like a season long prize. Um, yeah, and I would so, say the yeah. team that lasts the longer should be like considered the better team. Like if the Cowboys finished a better record, but then like the Eagles lasted longer somehow in the playoffs, like the Eagles win that to me. It's not just about the regular seasons, but the the final standing. But anyway, that's the not only what doing. the only way I disagree with this. Just to be very clear, 
is say say the Eagles are a wild card team. Say they both win in the wild card round and they both lose in the divisional round. Sure, but like, but, yeah. But like, say say the Eagles play on Sunday and the Cowboys play on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I get. Yeah, the Cowboys still win that. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm talking about like the the furthest round. Um, right. yeah. Uh, so I mean. I don't want to. We'll get into this into the podcast in terms of being better or whatever. I don't. I don't want to get into that right okay. now. We'll okay. Well, that we're, we're coming back to you. Don't worry, Mike. Mike with fire. Uh, watch out for your home. With there's a lot of fire going on. Uh, l- last one. Uh, BLG comes to us from Trendy B. Um, five star rating again. NFC East mixtape the title. Cowboys fan. Eagles hater. Good for you, mm. Trendy B. That said, outside of minor biases, they put on a great show <laughs> with good talking points, regardless of which team you root for in the NFC East. Well, the name, NFC East Mixtape, baby. Anyway, the question, BLG, when wow. will the show be on YouTube? People want to see that mug of yours. Mm. Yeah, it's true. People are clamoring for it. I just I, got a, a told, cameo booked I, right I, now for me. Look uh, at yeah, that. things are looking up. Okay, so a uh, couple of things here. One, if you want the show to be on YouTube, we are not opposed to this, but we just want to make sure there's an audience for it. So if you're in favor, let us know. BLG's on Twitter at Brandon Gadden. I am on Twitter at RJOchoa. Uh, our Instagram handles are the exact same thing if you prefer that method. Uh, shout out to the Whiskey Influencer, by the way, on Instagram. Uh, great fan, great listener there. Uh, so, you know, if if we get enough responses, we'll do it. BLG, we're men of the people. You are not wrong about that, but I feel like we have to get into the meat of the show considering we're 11 minutes or so into this. I I had to read all the reviews. We're not actually 11 minutes. We're 11 minutes into the recording, but we we dilly-dallied for a little bit. Anyway, okay. Uh, As always, we go in divisional standing order, which means we start with the Dallas Cowboys. Seven and three after that 19-9 loss, BLG, on the road to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, It came out actually just before we started recording uh, that that game drew 28.1 million viewers, uh, which is the most on any network this season. So a lot of people saw this. Uh, Just a big stinker, big poop that the Cowboys dropped in Kansas City offensively. Uh, Since we last recorded, this has obviously been, you know, revealed and discussed, but Amari Cooper is on the COVID list, uh, unvaccinated, so he won't play on Thanksgiving Day game. it, had he played on Sunday against Kansas City and then again on, on Thursday on Thanksgiving, that would have been his 52nd game with the Cowboys. He played 52 games with the Raiders. It would have been beautiful poetry, but we missed out on that. Uh, C.D. Lamb is still in concussion protocol. Seems like he might play. Uh, Tyron Smith might play. They, you know, C.D. didn't play the second half. Tyron didn't play at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is some panic setting in from uh, some particularly frazzled Cowboys fans right now. It is two discouraging games, two bad performances in the last three outings. Um, uh, you said it, I believe, on Monday Football Monday that you know Dak was not good in this game, and uh, to me, you know, like if we're talking about Dak MVP, you got to yeah. be able to score a touchdown in Kansas City. I know that defense is playing better. I know you didn't have Tyron Smith and Amari Cooper, Cooper, and then CD Lamb went out, but you still have Michael Gallup. You still have. Uh, I can't remember that uh, Tony Pollard, like you, you have, yeah, good point by me. Uh, you have that guy who I can't think of his name. Um, like seriously though, I mean, this is like one of the best offenses in the NFL that just dropped like a billion points on the Falcons last week. Like you have to be able to do more than nine points. You have to be able to score a touchdown at some point. Uh, and you can't throw two picks in this game. It's, it's a really bad loss. Uh, what is your panic level on a scale of one to 10? Let's say 10 being the most panic. So panic is at about a four. I'm not, mm-hmm. not particularly panicked yet. 
Um, I wrote something about this. Uh, uh, this episode is coming out on Wednesday. BLG and I are recording on Tuesday. So the odds are you have maybe read this if you're a hardcore BTBer. Um, and to be very clear, because I don't want to incite troll BLG, I'm not saying like, whew, here's the explanation. Um, I, and what sparked my my thought process was Mike McCarthy said on Monday that the Cowboys were going to do a little bit more homework on the Raiders. It's an uncommon opponent. And obviously, you know, the Cowboys, like the Eagles, haven't played the AFC West since 2017, a great year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but I was curious, and I looked, the last time Mike McCarthy has coached against the AFC West was 2015 um, with the Green Bay Packers. The last time Dan Quinn coached against the AFC West was in 2016 with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Atlanta did play the division in 2020, but Dan Quinn had already been fired by then. Mm -hmm. But maybe he did some offseason prep. Uh, John Fossil, the last time he had played the AFC West was 2018. Remember, that was the crazy Rams-Chiefs Monday night game that we saw. Um, And Kellen Moore, again, just to kind of round up the Cowboys' top staffers here, last time the Cowboys played the AFC West, he was a player on the team. So I, I, I think this was partly, I mean, again, this is not at all any sort of excuse. Partly, um, you know, unfamiliar territory for them, partly uh, the injuries and all that. And and so if they had lost, I don't know, 19 to 17 or 26, 24 or, you know, like 24, 21, I think you could you could like, again, nobody's excited. Nobody's pumped, but you could explain it away a little bit better. You could feel better coming into Thanksgiving. But and you're right. And, and you know, I've said it a million times at this point, but no Tyron, no Amari CD for no, no CD for the second half. Okay, that's fine. Understand that you you can't be the best offense in the NFL and not score a single touchdown. And it would be one thing again if you know the Cowboys' defense had just not you know maybe the the punts they forced were all at midfield, and so you constantly had to drive you know seventy five, eighty, whatever yards, and it was just impossible against this defense. But you know, Michael Parsons gave them the ball, you know, really you know with a short field to go, you know, at the end of the first half, and so they they got. I I maintain. You know, because a lot of Cowboys fans are like, well, you know, I feel really great. You know, this this defense held the Chiefs to 19 points that honestly not to poo poo the defense, but doesn't really impress me. I don't I don't think, you know, the Chiefs offense being back is is not a real thing, Um, but still credit to them either either way. And they did their job. The Cowboys defense showed up and did what they had to. At one point, Kansas City went five straight possessions without scoring. And in that same stretch, Dallas only scored three points. I know you were down different dudes. The fact that you couldn't get it done is unsettling, is concerning. Um, they've done a great job of responding to adversity in vacuums this season. And obviously, a short week is now here for them. So I'm at a four. Um, and if they lose on Thursday, I will probably be about a seven. But everybody else will be about a 10, um, if we're being honest here. Now, BLG, I did want to tell you that I did write mm-hmm. about this, as mentioned. Teams who lose 66% of their overall losses to non-conference teams make the playoffs 92% of the time, dating back to 1970, the merger. Um, it's a weird weird study we did. You can read more about it at blogontheboys.com. But, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not supremely worried, but it's obviously not ideal. You mentioned vacuums, and the thing about them is uh, they suck. Super clever. <laughs> it's going to let that sit there. Uh, so... Here's kind of what I was wondering, or one thing that I thought was interesting, because like I think people are a little bit too hand wavy with the Tyron Smith thing. It's like, oh well, Tyron Smith's not playing, so blah blah. It's like we mentioned this in the off season, heading before the season, used a bunch. He hasn't played all sixteen games since twenty fifteen. <laughs> like, yeah, you that, know, he's not going to be. Never had a full season of Tyron Smith. I don't think enough people realize that. 
So like you can't just be like you know it's a fluke thing. No, that's like an expectation. He's not any you what he only played two games last year, and he's you know now in his age thirty one season. So like you're, you're not going to be able to rely on him the entire season. You're going to have to have a good backup plan. Which brings me back to what something I said prior to the draft and why I felt like the Cowboys should kind of pass on the cornerback, which was you know the, the hot idea at the time. Um, obviously they drafted Michael Parsons. Cornerback, just to be clear, I, yeah. it sounded like you said quarter. I don't want you know Cowboys fans no. totally yeah, coming corner. Right a CB um, and obviously Micah Parsons has been really good. So it's not like you're regretting that pick by any means, but I guess I wanted to ask like, like Rashawn, you know, who also has been really good Rashawn Slater. Like he like PFS, I believe number like six graded offensive tackle overall, regardless, like left tackle, right tackle. And I just feel like kind of having, you know, him there, not only uh, as a potential backup option at left tackle, maybe he could have filled in at right tackle too. Cause obviously the Cowboys have had some issues there and obviously just moving forward too. Cause like, you know, like how, you know, is Tyron going to be able to stay on the field? I know the Cowboys, I was looking at his cap number uh, after this season. I, I'm guessing they're not going to move on from him, but they could if they want to. They could trade him after the season and be very doable. Um, so, and that just kind of matters more to me. Like, again, I know Micah Parsons is having a really good season, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl because they have a really good defensive player as much as, like, their offense is going to take over. And I think this showed it. Like, this is the, this is the importance. Like, okay, Micah Parsons was great against the Chiefs. What did it matter if you can't score? And that was kind of my whole point about this. I think if anything is going to undo the Cowboys' Super Bowl chances, it's going to be their offensive line uh, doesn't stay together, and they start to have some issues. So do you think there's anything to that still? So I think it's fair to bring it up. Um, I don't think there's a Cowboys fan out there, just to kind of answer your question on behalf of them, that is is wishing the team had drafted Rashawn Slater. And to be very clear here, because a lot of people are, to your point, kind of saying, well, Tyron, Tyron didn't play. You know, Tyron didn't play against Denver either. You know, two of the three losses are games that Tyron Smith didn't play. Okay, that's true. I don't think that if Tyron plays, they win. I, and like, I don't think he makes the difference. You know, it's probably less embarrassing in in a in a vacuum, um, but it's he doesn't he doesn't win that game for them. His presence doesn't. And so, you know, yeah, you if you're the Cowboys, you you for lack of a better term, you budgeted for this, right? Like you planned for this. You knew at a certain point of the season you were going to have to play football without Tyron Smith. And right now, mm-hmm. you're you know you've lost more games than you've won. You know, not the end of the world, not the end of your season, but still not ideal. And the only reason that they had a chance, I think this is what every Cowboys fan would say, in this game against Kansas City was because of Micah Parsons. And so I think that's where, and this is, you know, I said this on um, on the 750, the show we do with Tony Casillas at BCB. It's, you know, there are not a lot of Cowboys fans that hate Dak anymore, that, you know, like to trash talk. And they do come out every now and then. Uh, but I think generally Dak has now entered this territory where, where if you say anything, you know, remotely critical and now you are painted as that, like, you're just a Dak hater, you know? And so, yeah. you know, the, the problem in this game, you know, wasn't, you know, a, a non-stable force at left tackle. It was Dak. I mean, you know, like Dak, if, if, you know, I mean, he is that guy, but if you're going to be that guy, you know, you've got to find a way. I mean, your your defense held, I don't mean the mighty Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they, they held whoever they were playing to 19 points. You're supposed to be the number one offense in the NFL. You have to beat that. Like, whether you I, – I asked uh, Tony this question, actually, on the 7-5. I'll ask you, BLG, and I'm going to ask everybody on our roundtable later on on Tuesday evening. So everybody's already heard their answer. So I'm time-traveling here to the podcast audience. But if you were a Cowboys fan, so a better version of yourself, would you rather have Dak Prescott and 10 arbitrary people or the entire Cowboys starting team except for Dak Prescott and an arbitrary quarterback? I mean, you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> right. So that's my point. So, like, if 
if you have Dak, that's where it lands. That's where the responsibility falls. You ha- He has to make that difference for you, whether he has Tyron Smith, Rashawn Slater, you know, Trent Williams, uh, Eric Flowers, whoever the case may be. He has to be the reason, and he wasn't on Sunday. And that's what if, – if there's like a panic about anything, it, it, it's not that like, oh, is Dak not good anymore? It's just that, man, he couldn't get it done. I, I, I do think that the narrative of this game got away – and a lot of Cowboys fans are like, well, we lost the statement game and statement opportunity. This game ultimately is not consequential. It's, it's as least consequential as it could possibly be. Um, to put in all this in perspective, Bielich, I asked people in our postgame show if I could have guaranteed them one win ahead of the Falcons game between Atlanta and Kansas City, what would they have chosen? All these emotional people. I would have wanted Kansas City. No, you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have wanted that. And if you did, you're wrong. Um, so it, it falls on deck. It has to. And so... That's my answer to your Rashawn Slater question. Do you think he can still and should still win MVP? Because I feel like this kind of performance is something you look at and be like, that's now part of the context here is obviously MVP is so wide open this year. And there isn't like, that was going to be my answer is that he's, okay. he's still in contention, but, but partly but because of, of yeah, yeah, partly because of the reality of, of, I don't, I don't know who like, I mean, you know, we're here to talk about the NFC East, but I don't know who the front runner is. I don't buy this Jonathan think, Taylor stuff. I mean, but like, I don't know who the front runner is. I mean, if the Colts make the playoffs, it would be on the back of him, and he probably should at that point because their quarterback isn't even playing that well, and uh, and he's been insane, and he's doing stuff that hasn't been done since like in today's do, NFL. I guess if if like if you have to make a bet off of Week Eleven alone, maybe you're betting on Justin Herbert, but like you know because of narrative and in context mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, but so Dak is in the mix, um, but again, not as a result of anything he did in Week Eleven. So. Um, uh, yeah, a couple other things that I want to say about the Cowboys to you, um, like them losing, and the Eagles winning uh, on Sunday. Uh, these like, are all the tweets I got, all the tweets from all the loyal Eagles fans. What's up? Chris? I mean, I was looking at the Football Outsiders playoff odds, like I like to do, and the Cowboys were at ninety-five point seven percent chance of winning the NFC East ahead of Week Eleven. After Week Eleven. It's down to 86.4. The Eagles then went up from 3.1 to 11.2. So obviously no one is saying like the Eagles winning the NFC East at this point is likely. Like if the Cowboys come out and they lay another egg to the Raiders on Thanksgiving, like then it's on because the Eagles have this really, they literally have the easiest schedule down the stretch. Um, And by like, it's not even close. If you look at like the strength of schedule, the Eagles, Uh, it's like in the 300s and no other team like the next closest team the Titans is like four something um, just in terms of the opponent winning percentage so again I'm not saying it's likely but like the door like this week 11 was significant for this like the door that's we can talk about this now and it's not like this remote possibility it's like there's it's it's an unlikely possibility but it is like something you can actually like say like oh there's a small yeah, chance of that happening it's, it's mathematic it's practical like it's it's practically possible it's not like you know well you know pigs can fly whatever um this <clears> is what i'll say to that first of all congratulations to me because at the beginning of the season i said Cowboys was the best team in the nfc east eagles were the second best team in the nfc east you disagreed you're stupid you were wrong anyway um next on this particular line of thought um i think that washington is is the is the wrench in, in somebody's plans like Washington that, that four game stretch where they got Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, they're going to mess something up for somebody. You know what I mean? Like by winning. Um, Cause that's just kind of what they are. Now, my final point on all this and because like, I, ultimately my point is I acknowledge what you're saying. Like, you know, Philly's made this closer and that's why like, 
there comes a point in time where you ha- you root for your division rivals, like in situations that make sense. As an example, two weeks ago, as a Cowboys fan, I was rooting for Washington to take down Tampa Bay. That was actually a helpful thing, given that Dallas beat Atlanta that day. For that following week, the Cowboys were the three seed, Tampa the four seed. Obviously, things have flipped in that sense. This past week, I was rooting for the Giants on Monday Night Football against the Buccaneers because I don't think the Giants or Washington are good enough to close the gap. I do think that the Eagles are maybe you know good enough ultimately, but... Back when the Eagles hosted the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football, I told you, BLG, there were a lot of Cowboys fans who, what week was that? That was like week six, something like that. I mean, that was early in the season. And a lot of Cowboys fans are like, we're going to run away with this. You know, just, you know, just, like I'm rooting for the Eagles because I want to see the Bucks lose. You're dumb if you're rooting for the Buccaneers. No, like that, you have to toe the line. You cannot. You cannot develop hubris until it makes practical and mathematical sense. It was way too early at that point. And if if that game had gone the way those people wanted it to, I mean, we'd be talking about a seven and three team and a six and five team. I mean, it would be a lot stickier than it is right now. Yeah, I would say, I think I said at the time, we get cute about it. Like, don't, like, you gotta play it safe. Like, you know, I, the draft pick thing doesn't matter as much as like actually making the playoffs. Well, you can, and, you can, and like, the, sorry, not to interrupt you, but like that, that's where like everyone, all these Cowboys fans are so panicked because they're like, well, we can kiss the bye goodbye. And my, my whole take about getting back to the Chiefs game is like, okay, they lost this game, but it is not consequential for them in terms of their goal. They're like, well, I want the one seed. It's like, yeah, the one seed would be awesome. The bye would be awesome. It would be great. Nobody's denying that, but you don't need that. Like, there, there's a difference between need and want. And you don't need that. You need a ticket in. And and I believe that the Cowboys, you know, like they did with Dak Prescott in Minnesota, I think that they knew Tyron was close. And they said, ultimately, we don't want to bring him back today and then bring him back again on Thursday and have two games in that very tight window against two AFC teams. We want to bring him back on Thanksgiving so we can start a normal timeline for him because they play next Thursday, obviously. And that second game is against New Orleans. That game means way more than this Kansas City or Vegas game, too. Although it will be interesting to see how they respond coming out of this team scheme sure. on Thanksgiving this week. I'm really interested to see what that looks like. And again, if they did slip and the Eagles beat the Giants, well, you know, pressure start to mount a little bit more. Um, so why don't we let's get, get to the Yeah, Eagles. let's get to the Eagles. Um, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but somebody tweeted at you and I, BLG, and said, I can't wait to hear if RJ Ochoa still thinks the Darius Slay trade was a bust. Uh, Darius Slay, a big reason why the Eagles manhandled the New Orleans Saints 40 to 29, almost choked it away a little bit there at the very end. Um, big win, big ground game, first win at home for Nick Sirianni, my man, Nick S. <laughs> uh, it was a really a big performance in terms from uh, the Eagles have been, you know, how they've been winning. They've been winning or looking better on offense by running the football. And I was like, okay, well, how are they going to look against the number one run defense in the NFL that's only allowing like 73 yards per game? And the Eagles ran all over the Saints. The Saints didn't have any answers to stop them. Um, Jordan Howard has been dominant on the ground. Miles Sanders, first game back, he fumbled in a really bad spot. Saints took it over at the six-yard line. And he almost had another fumble that got ruled down only because a forward progress was stopped. So uh, kind of not the most uh, inspiring stuff there. But on the whole... Uh, really good performance from the offense. Obviously, uh, didn't score the 40 because there's the big six in there, but 33 uh, is still pretty good. And uh, Jalen Hurts, not the best day as a passer. You know, you look at his passing stats and it's like, eh. But what he offers in the run game is 
like significant because it's not just about his ability to actually run the football. And he obviously broke Carl Granderson's ankles on that touchdown run he had to seal the game, but also just like defenses having to account for Jalen Hurts is a really big deal because it's an extra defender that they have to plan for. And you're seeing it on some of these, uh, these reads, like the defense is crashing on the running back and all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is keeping it and he's taking off. And honestly, what's the crazy thing about that Granderson play is like, he made the right read. Like he made the right read to stay disciplined and watch out for Jalen Hurts running instead of fully crashing on the running back. But it didn't matter because Jalen Hurts made a really sick, uh, basically just Allen Iverson like crossover and open field and uh, and then weave through the defense for a touchdown. So the Eagles finally have an identity, RJ and uh, Sirianni and Hurts were both talking about. It's not just about like running the football or being a defense that blitzes more, which the Eagles did on Sunday. It's about like being a tough, physical, nasty is the word they use team. And I think there's some truth to that. They they're, they're forming. Uh, there's good vibes around the team right now. They're building some positive momentum. I think you cannot, you know, you'd be remiss to, to, to not mention they're playing quarterbacks who like, aren't very good. Trevor Simeon now, that was the MO of the whole division this year. That I mean, that, you know, not to say I called it, but I did call it. That was, they're catching up to the Cowboys in that sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's that's kind of like where I'm at a weird spot with this team still long term. Like I was saying to stats on uh, the podcast today that, you know, Washington had this good run last year, relatively. I, I think the Eagles run this year has been better, but like, you know, they finished on somewhat of a high note and then people thought they were going to be great. I think you, in fact, said they were going to win the division. People so, mm-hmm. yeah. So you predicted that and you were obviously wrong. So, um, you know, I don't know what it means moving forward. I'm still not nearly sold on Jalen Hurts being like a guy you hand a big money contract to but oh that, fairness that take is is getting away from Eagles fans so they're like that's what all well, I've seen is Eagles have found their QB one dude people stand Sam Radford like they did like I, I like it doesn't matter who's a quarterback <laughs> that quarterback's gonna have fans and not not comparing those players I think Kevin Cobb, Hurts, baby well yeah and so did and Kevin Cobb had a bunch <laughs> of support it doesn't like anyone can start for the Eagles at quarterback almost and that person will have supporters and understandably so because you're an Eagles fan you're rooting for the quarterback of the team to succeed I I, I get it logically and Jalen Hurts is in a position where I think he's putting some good things out there but I still think like like people say like, is this sustainable? And it is this season because they're playing bad teams the rest of the way and it's working for them right now. But like, like, are they going to go the Super Bowl like this? Like at some point, I feel like the run game isn't going to be there. And it's kind of going to be a question of like, okay, can Sirianni pivot? Can Hertz handle a bigger passing workload at some point? Because I feel like he's going to at some point, right? Like you can't just get away with every game, their pass attempt being in the 20s. At some point, you're going to have to have like a 40, you're going to have to drop back 40 times and throw uh, you're going to get into a situation maybe where like, you know, you get down, like, let's say like early in the game, uh, and then you can't really run the ball as much, or again, the run game isn't really working as much. Teams are kind of daring you to beat you with your arm instead. So we haven't seen that yet, but that's where I still kind of wonder about the long-term stuff. But for now, I think it's like a lock that the Eagles are going to the playoffs. Like, would you disagree with that? Like their schedule is so easy. Their defense has been uh, terrible against really good quarterbacks, as you would know, you know, with Dak and everything. But like against bad quarterbacks, like they have those guys on lock. Like those guys aren't challenging them at all. So I just feel so like for it's there. for context, Eagles remaining schedule. They've got the New York Bowl um, city. So nice. They named it twice. They get to see it twice at Giants at Jets before the bye, super late bye. Yep. Um, and then they come out of that. 
and it's all NFC East. Washington Giants at home at Washington. I'm telling you, I, I'm not saying that, that Philly is necessarily going to be the team, but like I think Washington isn't losing all four of those in a row. Is my point, like the Dallas and Philly games, probably. Uh, and then the Cowboys, and I, I've been saying this for a while. Again, this is just the RJ was right episode. Um, that game could be inconsequential for the Cowboys and not in the sense of like, oh, oh, here comes the Cowboys homer. Not saying Cowboys have the one seed locked up. They could be locked into the three seed or the four seed at the beginning of that game. Um, and so like that could be a gift for the Eagles in that sense. So we'll see as of now, uh, the three wildcard teams, BLG in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams, we're ready to cement the loser of the yeah. NFC West, right? Okay, so yeah. the five seeds out. Six seed it's two is spots the, that are open. Right. The Minnesota Vikings at five and five. The New Orleans Saints, who the Eagles now have the tiebreaker over. The mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers are the first team out at five and five. Then and you've they got have a tiebreaker over the Eagles. That's right. And then you've got the Eagles um, at five and six and the Panthers at five and six, who the Eagles have the tiebreaker over. Yeah. So the, the road you have to finesse here is, you know, surpassing the Vikings and who play the 49ers this week, by the mm, way. Big game, so you, yeah. So you've got that, you know, kind of hanging in the bounce. Somebody's picking up a loss there, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to help the Eagles out. So somebody's dropping to five and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to imagine that the Eagles are at least getting to 500. So you're passing one of those. Um, but if, even if you, you tie the 49ers at five and or excuse me, that would be six and five to five and six, um, you know, they have the tiebreaker. But the Saints are the team. I think that's what's going to complicate things. So let me let me flip the script on you. Say the Cowboys lose this week. Say they lose on Thanksgiving, okay, to the Raiders. Say the Cowboys are seven and four. Say the Eagles beat the Giants. That puts them at six and six, right? What are you rooting for next Thursday? Are you rooting for the Cowboys mm, to beat the Saints, or are you rooting for the Saints to beat the Cowboys? Like in, in the in the event, because the 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 question is, what would you think is more likely? The Eagles could catch the Cowboys for the NFC East, or are you are you just trying to open up as many wild card possibilities as possible? Um, I think you're rooting for the NFCs to that point because, like, I mean, I don't think New Orleans is doing like a ton still. I mean, they still have to play the Bucks. I know they beat them, but I think you know the Bucks might take the next game. They also have to play the Bills still, still who are struggling. But you know, uh, that's Thanksgiving night, just for for full clarity. And by the yeah. way, speaking of BLG and I will be on the SB Nation NFL show with Rob Stats Guerrero, who we reference a lot. Yes. Um, tomorrow on, well, not tomorrow today for you listeners. Uh, so after you finish this episode, go to the SB Nation NFL show, BLG stats. And I will be previewing all three Thanksgiving day games. And stats told me he is the number one listener of the show. He loves this show. Doesn't miss an episode. I told um, stats today, by the way, he reminded me of big bird. So we'll get into that. Uh, okay. on, on the show, go ahead. I kind of see it. I get. I it. think. Uh, I think you're to answer my own question. I think you're rooting for the, for the Saints, and if they lose, okay, cool. You know, like yeah. great, great result either way. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, to me, it is. I think the Vikings are going to get that. I think the Vikings are getting a playoff spot. I don't know if they'll get Kirk. you know six Kirk. or seven, but I Kirk. think they're going to get one playoff spot. Um, I don't. I don't buy the 49ers because they're hiding no Jimmy. They're hiding Jimmy G right now. Like they're winning, but like, and the Rams win was legit, but. And they always beat the Rams, um, so that's part of that, uh, you know. But then they beat the Jags, and they're they're hiding Jimmy G. And to the to some extent, the Eagles are hiding Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts can also do more with his legs. So you know he can has he has some of that going for him. Uh, I think you know San Fran still also they have like the the fifteenth uh, what easiest schedule or sixteenth easiest schedule, whatever fifteenth um, hardest, I guess is the way to phrase it. Uh, and they still play the Titans, the Rams again. The and Bengals, the Bengals yeah. and, and the Vikings this week, as you already mentioned, which 
could be a loss. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's kind of like worrying about them the most and kind of hoping they drop, especially since they have that tiebreaker. And then I think the Eagles will pretty much be good as long as like the 49ers don't somehow like, you know, win out or something like that. Well, I know you asked the question. I kind of answered it by like instigating a whole discussion. I think they're a playoff team. I think the Eagles are. But I've been saying that. I mean, and it's, you know, it's the benefit of that third wild card spot. I think they're very, very possibly yeah. the seventh seed. Yep. And just like a crazy easy schedule. Again, like it's 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 insane like how fortunate it is they get to play uh and these quarterbacks too specifically. And uh, you know, for all again, for all the faults that this defense has, especially against higher level quarterbacks, which need to be answered at some point, they like they have the bad ones unlocked. Like they haven't allowed the bad ones to do much of anything. Like Trevor Simeon like did some things against this uh defense, but like there was a garbage time touchdown in there. There was also like and I'm not talking about like when the game was in hand. I'm talking about literally like right at the end of the game. And then his one touchdown throw was like on a third and eighteen play, or just like a crazy good throw that like he couldn't like even do anything about. Kind of just like a, a like kind of WTF throw from like a backup quarterback. And then another play in there was when Miles Sanders fumbled at the six yard line. So like I, I think like the the defense has bad quarterbacks on lock, and they're just gonna take care of these guys barring, you know, maybe a letdown game, let's say like Washington in there. And I guess I don't know how to qualify Taylor Heineke. I, I would put him in that bucket of the lesser quarterbacks, but I mean, he's had like two good games the past two weeks. So I don't know. And maybe in theory he could get hot and steal a game. I think that's possible. Um, but yeah, I think those are going to the playoffs now. You know, like, what are they going to do there? I mean, well, that's, I, I don't that know. Leads me, that leads me to my final question. So last week I put it on the minds of Cowboys fans just to be thinking about what you would do in week 18. If that game yeah. is inconsequential for Dallas, just be, just be ready to have those conversations. Here's the next one. I'm going one week further. BLG. I know I had a great wow. question, you know, for you, Dallas, New Orleans next week. What would you do anyway? If the playoffs started today and if the Eagles were the seven seed, which you know they don't and they're not. Uh, but if those were the cases the Eagles would travel to Lambeau field to play the green Bay Packers in the wild card mm. round of the playoffs. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you're rooting for Philly. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you be? I, I would, oh, cause, cause the, I mean, the, to would you be rather frank, play Jalen Ritz or, or Aaron Rodgers? So like, this is a hard question to, it's a hard thought to like explain. It would almost be worse to lose in the divisional round or the title game, even to the Eagles after this season where we just like, you know, did victory lap after victory lap to have it end at the hands of the Eagles of all teams, you know, would, would not be, would not be great. It would obviously suck in it's in an entirely different way to lose to Aaron Rodgers, especially with Mike McCarthy. And that would be really annoying. Uh, but you know, it's, you know, you're playing with fire a little bit, it's getting, getting a little cute, yeah. but sometimes you have to get cute. But well, I would say again, just going back to the defense of it all, like this, this defense has not proved they can like even slow down remotely, not even like just kind of like keeping like they can't even keep a good quarterback in check. So, like, you should have no fear about playing this defense. I mean, maybe in theory, like, they figured some things out since then by the time they play. But, like, until we see that, like, you can't just you can't just assume that. So, I would not be scared uh, of the Eagles in the playoffs just yet. Although, I will say, you know, again, they're building some positive momentum. Uh, I think, you know, this, this offense, when it's clicking, it's hard to stop. They're kind of just dominating on the ground. So, you know, Eagles have positive things going for them. But, um, again, like, I just it's kind of funny to, like, yeah, you just keep running the football. But at some point, it's not going to be, like, you're not just going to go to the Super Bowl like this, right? Like the Eagles aren't just going to like win out. Like there, there's going to be a bad game in here at some point, and uh, it'll be interesting to see when that pops up. It might not be to the playoffs again, just because the schedule is so easy, and that's kind of frustrating to me because it's like I want to like learn more about this team, and I don't know how much necessarily we're learning about the Eagles. Like 
as much as they're just taking advantage of the bad teams. And to their credit, they're blowing them out, which is what good teams do. And the Eagles actually have the 10th best point differential in the NFL, which is like a crazy thing to say, uh, but that's where they are right now. Um, well, Washington, like I said, is going to be a player in all of this, so it's not time to get to the football team. Before we do, though, we are going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BLG, welcome back. You got up and you brought a full bottle of water back um, from That's the right, break. I did. Wow, you actually had one. That was really impressive. <laughs> uh, I was going to say a full turkey, but I didn't want to be like the Thanksgiving take trope person on a podcast the week of Thanksgiving. Um, I was going to save it till the end of the show, but I'll ask you now since we're coming out of break. See, you that would have blown the listeners' minds if we were on YouTube. They are the viewers' minds if they that saw really that would have been a well. There still would have been a break. nowhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that would have been cool. Um, but anyway, um, so I was going to ask you what your ideal Thanksgiving plate was, but since all the listeners had so many thoughts on desserts and treats, and you mentioned the Dove peppermint bark, um, mm. what's what's a? I, it doesn't have to be like traditional or conventional. What's what's something you enjoy? A sweet treat or dessert type treat that you enjoy doesn't have to even be on Thanksgiving, but throughout the weekend when you're around family or you're all getting together, some something that's more desserty that you really really like. Pumpkin pie, love stupid pumpkin gross. pie. Awful. No, it's how is it gross? It's good. It's and disgusting. It's, it's pumpkin really soup good. on on crust. That's it's not it soup. It's not like or unless you're eating pumpkin pie wrong. Like, it's Do you eat pumpkin solid. with a fork or a spoon? Uh, I fork. mean, not pumpkin, uh, pie, pie. I know what you meant. Yeah. Always a, always a fork. Come on. What are you doing? I go fork too. Um, but for soupier pies, you need a, a spoon, I think. But I mean, then you're just not doing pumpkin pie right to me. If it's soupy, it should not be liquidy like that. It should be uh, like a firm uh, texture. And you need the fork too, in my mind, because, you know, you got like the crust at the bottom. You want to, uh, you know, get through that. So, uh, I mean, so a spoon paint, can. Paint, but, eh. paint the picture for me. Like, are we talking about this is thanksgiving night when you're sitting yeah. watching the night game are you on uh, the rec- are you on the recliner you you know you're relaxing you you at the table you know you're catching up with your aunt and your uncle telling them about you know the big year at bleeding green nation like what you know what's what's the the you know p- put us in that the scene yeah um yeah uh i mean my mom used to host thanksgiving but uh we don't have it uh anymore just, you know this hasn't worked out with the family but um uh so now it looks like kind of like you know dessert like right after the meal not necessarily like you know instantly after the meal maybe like half an hour after the meal whatever you kind of uh whatever you're just hanging out 
Um, but yeah, it's like a nice little thing after the meal. I wouldn't say super later on. Maybe if you're hungry later that night, because uh, I know you eat early, as you were saying on the, the uh, yeah, Monday football to. Monday. That's, that's, you have that's, to. My, that's my life. With, I kind of, I think I kind of just like to eat early because like I'm hungry. Like I don't want to wait. What am I waiting for? I'm hungry now. And also because like I don't have to cover the games, but I like to watch them and kind of not, you know, be like interrupted or not have to uh, not focus uh, being distracted from my family or whatever. So uh, to me, the move is to have lunch slash dinner, whatever, earlier. And uh, you get that pumpkin pie uh, right after the meal. Some people say, like, oh, you got to have the vanilla ice cream on top. I don't really need that. I think that's a little, uh, like, I'd rather just have it separate. I don't need it on top. And I don't, honestly, I don't need it at all because I like pumpkin pie a lot. Good take from you. Good take. There we go. Okay. Thank you, you for... Um, so, like, the Thanksgiving day is not really, like, a traditional Thanksgiving day for me. Sure. Um, obviously. So for me, it's Friday night after the, you know, even after the day after the game has settled down and generally it's like watching a movie with the family. I, for me, I'm on the recliner. You know, I've got, I've at this point, the Christmas decorations are up, you know, ev- ev- everything's feeling festive. Everything's feeling really great. I got the slippers on my feet. You know, maybe I've even got the blanket on my body. The dogs curled up at my legs. You know what I mean? Just a picture perfect hallmarky sort of thing. Uh, and that's when I want my pecan pie, you know, and I mm. want it, I want it, I, I, I want it like a, a tick above room temp. I don't want it hot. I just, I want it slightly warmer than room temp. Um, and I want it in, served in a bowl. I'm going to eat it with a fork, but I want to use the ridges of the bowl. Cause I, you know, I hate sitting on the recliner and you got a plate and then it's like, you're balancing everything and you're like holding it up to yourself and you, you're dropping crumbs on your shirt. I don't want to do that. No. So that's, that's my setting. That's my MO this year. On Friday after um, you know Thanksgiving, I'm going to watch a movie that Pete Sweeney from Monday Football Monday sent to me called The Night Before. He says this is the best Christmas movie that nobody has ever heard of. Uh, I what you just said there about the temperature of the pecan pie. Pe- you said pecan, pecan. I said pe- I said pecan. I think I said pecan. That's heard how I said. Yeah. Um. Uh. I, that's something I like about the pumpkin pie. Actually, is like I wouldn't say like it like straight out of the fridge. But like, kind of like chilled, not cold. Ah, you know, gross, disgusting, cold. Awful. No, you gotta have a little. Worst thing you've ever said. No, it's very refreshing after like this big meal of hot food to have like something cool after the temper, the temperature contrast. You you hate a temperature contrast. I like a temperature contrast. Uh, anyway, why don't we talk about Washington? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, the Washington football team. I don't know what kind of pie that would be. Uh, they are four and six after I will say an impressive win against the Carolina Panthers took down the narrative of Cam Newton returning really actually interesting game that took place at noon uh lots of back and forth it was fun to watch Cam and everything uh but you know not enough not enough for the mighty Taylor Heineke uh not enough for the mighty Terry McLaurin I mean I Washington's in the mix let's let's be clear the same way that Philly is um and I will say now and I've been really good about this I am guaranteeing a Washington football team victory on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. Wow, and I, said this on, I said this on Monday Football Monday. The Seahawks have quit. I mean, so I'm I'm giving Washington that. And all this all this positive juice that the Eagles have gotten this week, that'll be Washington next week. Just just trust me. But um they're in the mix, man. They they are. And I'll give Ron Rivera a lot of credit. I mean, they didn't completely implode. Um, he's a high character coach. We knew that all along. And uh look at that. They're not terrible. Good for them. All I want to say, by the way, is like, I wish that people would stop only living off the most previous season when they make their season predictions. Because every national analyst, 
six wins might win the NFC East. You know, like that's that's oh, yeah. how, how we, many. And we, never, like, we never like, agreed with that. To we, be yeah, we never did. But like, my point is like how stupid that was. Like again, I was never of the mindset that this division was gonna like roar back to life. But it made sense that there was gonna be some regression to the mean, so to speak. The NFL schedule makers seem to think that was true based on all these games. They like get the stacking all these games at the end of the schedule. Um, I think Washington's defense is kind of coming together a little bit. You know, they figured some things out there. Not this obviously isn't like the elite unit that we thought it possibly could be, or you know, like top half unit at least it could be. Um, but there, it's not you know a total disgrace anymore. Um, two good performances in a row, I would say at the very least. And then Heineke. Heineke was PFF's number one graded quarterback this week. He had a really good game uh, against, and, and and the Panthers' defense, by the way, is legit. Like that is the best thing the Panthers have going for them this year. Like that's why they've the wins they've been able to get. I think in large part have been through their defense. Um, obviously, it's not like Sam Darnold was carrying this team. Um, so uh, I think it's a quality win, especially on the road and everything. And, and I thought like. I thought the Panthers were going to win this game because it was like Cam's first game back. It's going to be this big emotional thing. I know it was Ron Rivera's first game back too, but you know, that's like, it's the home stadium for Cam. And by, I thought it was by the way, I, sorry, I saw once one like NFL research stat and they're awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it was like Cam Newton is the first uh, player in NFL history to throw a touchdown in his return to the game when facing his <laughs> former head coach. And it was like, <laughs> it was like, how often okay, does that Yeah. It was like, you know, you can, you can just say, Cam Newton's the first person to do this in Carolina on Sunday, November, you know, 21st yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, it was a little bit, a uh, little bit cherry picking, but go ahead. So I think, you know, I don't think they're headed to the playoffs, obviously, but, and I would say they're kind of more on life support. They're in the hunt. I wouldn't even say they're in the mix yet. Like, I don't think they've earned that much, um, but they're, they're not dead yet. They're not dead and buried. They still have a chance to make a run at this thing. Um, you know, you can kind of really debate what that means for the team long term, which I don't think it really, you know, means much because I think I think they'd be fooling themselves if they could talk themselves into like Heineke being the answer there or good enough. Um, but again, a fun player to watch, fun like backup, you know, high yeah. level backup to have. Um, I don't I don't know what like this run again means for Washington long term, but for now, um, they are, you know, a factor here down the stretch. And at the very least, you know, if you're a Washington fan. And you're, you know, dealing with a lot of bad teams year in and year out. Like at the very least, you have the potential with the Eagles kind of surging, and then the Cowboys. You know, we'll see what they do. But like, like you're saying, like they have a chance to play spoiler, and that could be fun. At the very least. Yeah. So we agree they're beating Seattle, right? On Monday night. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I mean, let's 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 do this. That's the whole point of like you and I scheduling yeah. this conversation every week and recording it and everything. I said probably. Um, uh, then they're at Vegas. That a win? uh man it's it's so uh, yeah let's say it is i just okay. i don't it's been okay. very hard to get like a read on vegas but yeah right i agree so they're 500 six and six and then their four game stretch starts let's say they win one of those games right so that puts them at seven and nine mm -hmm. and then at the giants they win that game right okay. season. so they're eight and nine you know what i mean that's, that's, what I have that's one of the only things you've gotten right so far this year so kudos <laughs> to you um yeah, yeah i think I, I'm fascinated to see what Taylor Heineke's career becomes. He seems like the quarterback that John Elway is going to believe is the next answer for the Denver Broncos. 
Yeah, you've said, I think you've said this. Yeah, I have. And it makes sense. Um, but okay, let's move on. Uh, the New York Football Giants. All of the news about them, really, BLG has nothing to do with them because they stink. Um, they lost on Monday night for some reason. The NFL schedule makers thought putting the Giants on Monday Night Football twice in a three three game stretch. Why um, twice at all? Why would? Why did they deserve oh, I, two? Like, because the Eagles have only one, which is fine. I'm not asking for more, but I'm just saying like. Why, why did the Giants get two? I So I don't think that Monday Night Football is like a treat. I think, you know what I mean? Okay. Like a Monday Night Football is like the NFL saying, fine, ESPN, you pay a billion dollars for this package. You know, we'll give it to you. That, but that like, they're not getting Sunday night games. You know what I mean? Like that's the True. real, you know, your legit spot. Uh, but anyway, so they got destroyed by Tampa. Uh, they're getting destroyed on Twitter the day after the game. 30 to 10, the final score. Uh, they are obviously the team that the Philadelphia Eagles play this week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, two things. Um, the first has absolutely nothing to do with them. Uh, there was a report that started swirling actually right when we started recording BLG on Tuesday that the Chicago Bears have informed Matt Nagy that Thanksgiving in Detroit is going to be his last game with the team. Now, you can kind of see that, I think, based certainly on how things have gone for them. And the little mini buy is often a, a window where teams make a, a coaching change. Uh, now, for what it's worth, Matt Nagy was uh, at the podium on Tuesday and was asked about that. He said that it is not accurate. Um, you know, tough, <laughs> tough scene having to answer that question. Uh, the only reason this is relevant is the Giants hold Chicago's first round pick next year. Uh, it appears like that could that might be the highest one of, of the Eagles, you know, ones that they own. Obviously, the Colts are doing really well and the Dolphins have won a couple of games as of late. The, the Giants might have the highest first round pick from other teams picks that they own. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other bit of coaching news, BLG. Um, it actually has to do with the Giants. So they were destroyed on Monday Night Football. They have the least amount of offensive touchdowns in the NFL uh, over the last two seasons. I wonder what happened at the beginning of the 2020 mm. season, the New York Giants offense. Uh, and after the loss to Tampa, head coach Joe Judge was asked about the status of offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. Lo and behold, he decided not to answer. He said that he would not get into that and that he's keeping <laughs> stuff inside of the team um the giants just came off their bye, so you would have thought if they were a well-run organization and if they were going to make a change in offensive coordinator that that would have been the time to do so um it seems at the very least like jason garrett is getting ready for his last seven games with the new york giants well if they were a well-run organization they would not be hiring jason garrett that's, to be their offensive coordinator that's a good point um on the draft pick thing by the way the giants currently have the fifth pick that's their own pick and then same record but a couple spots lower is the chicago pick at number seven overall um giants clearly won that deal by the way i'm like oh giants didn't get justin fields yeah justin yeah, fields hasn't been I'm, good i'm getting closer to you know waving the white flag there but that's that's a topic for another day but yeah we'll, we'll talk about it so a tease again for the uh, uh the special we're doing on the SB Nation nfl show because we'll the last time we were all together you me and stats we did talk about justin fields in our nfc draft grades but anyway um uh yeah so getting back to the giants of it all i think i saw the stat that in 24 games under jason garrett daniel jones has like 20 touchdown passes and he had 22 as a rookie with pat Shermer in 13 games uh so yeah i'm gonna say and did, like did look. you see sorry did you see the dan orlovsky video that was floating around twitter on uh on the, Tuesday? well like it was kind of like what about like the was it what was it about it was one play uh where dan orlovsky was criticizing the new york giants offense where three of the four eligible pass catchers the giants just 
ran into each other <laughs> just yeah. like like ran to a single spot now there was some traffic going on like i'm not absolving the giants of any sort of blame here uh but the point is there is not a lot of elite design happening offensively for the team that was a big thing on like twitter like a lot of people were tweeting right. on monday night that like the main i didn't watch the manning cast um but they were saying that uh like they were like multiple there are multiple times where the each each brother was like what is this play like what is going on like what is the goal here and and uh you know obviously that's going to get a lot of attention so i mean it's pretty clear that jason garrett shouldn't be there i will say that it's not like the giants have been you know like well positioned incredibly to succeed on offense um saquon's so overrated and always getting hurt um their offensive line is trash which you know it's, it's been an issue for like every that's that's been an issue for them for like what like like basically every year since like they won the Super Bowl, even when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't have like a great offensive line. Like, n- name one uh, that isn't Sean O'Hara. Like, uh, n- name name any yeah. you know. Uh, well, what was uh, uh, what was Tom Coughlin's son-in-law? You know, you know oh, what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, I forget his I forget his name, but like he was in there. <laughs> um, Will Beatty was a good left tackle for a little bit there, former Eagles Super Bowl champion. Hey, <laughs> Will Beatty, uh, Nate um, Solder, they signed. You know, just oh, like terrible. Yeah. Will Her- Will Hernandez when they drafted him. Everyone like, loved oh, yeah. Hernandez. Oh, and he, he stinks. He was terrible in the Bucks yeah. game. Um, yeah, so they just like I said this on the podcast, and I'll repeat it here. Like I do believe, and I think we both agree with this. If you're salvaging any one of the three in terms of Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, it has you would to be Jones. It would be Jones because I think he's shown the most promise from that group, but also like I, I would just blow it up still because like, I just think even if Daniel Jones like is salvageable and turns out to be, you know, better than he is now, like, is this still a guy you want to pay like a big quarterback, you know, contract to like, I, eh, I don't know about that. Um, so it's a mess. Uh, the giants have been so bad for so long now that it, it really feels like forever since they've been, they had that one year in 2016, which is like a total fluke year. Um, like the That's defense, they played. are, man, they're just flukes. That's they're it. just, they're terrible. Um, so I don't know. There's nothing interesting to say. This, this loss basically cemented, like there was talk like, Oh, you know, they beat the Raiders. They have a buy. Like maybe they can go on a, no, no one was taking that seriously. And the loss to the bucks confirms it. Um, that Daniel Jones throw to, uh, was it McClendon, Steve McClendon? just like throwing to like a defensive lineman with no one else in the area is like, so that's, that's the stuff with Daniel Jones where like, it's not just not him. You know what I mean? It's not like he's playing perfect and he just doesn't stand a chance. Like, no, there's still some pretty bad plays in there. Um, So I don't know. What is there to say about the giants other than that? uh, They should do a hard reset and they have these two top picks, uh, which they could potentially, maybe they trade for Russ wouldn't it be funny if Russ is just like bad now and they trade for him? Oh, dude, he's just I was I was gonna say I wouldn't trade for Russ. I love mm-hmm. and I've loved Russell Wilson forever, but like I don't want anything to do with that right now. You know what I mean? Like I I mean let let somebody else roll those dice. I'm I'm fine. You know, like I'm not saying Daniel Jones is better than Russell Wilson, but I'm fine bringing in you know a more capable situation and staff and culture to see if Daniel Jones is the guy or some sort of guy than I am banking on russell like russell wilson not exactly like beloved by any of his teammates historically Mm. you know what i mean so like i don't know that i want to introduce that variable to this whole um situation the most interesting game they have remaining because i don't see a maybe they beat the dolphins like that will be very interesting by the way as far as like draft stock is concerned like that's that's all their season is at this point like can they help the eagles out um you know in that sense and when they visit the bears like depending on what happens 
that's week 17, by the way, um, between them and Chicago. Um, if they lose that game, if they help, you know, I mean, both of them are their picks. I mean, what a sad, like that would be hilarious, honestly, if they were locked into two top 10 picks going into the penultimate week of the regular season. And they just, that's who they are. They're just, they're just always looking forward to the senior bowl. That's who they are. Uh, why don't we predict this week's games? Um, okay. Um, you want to go in chronological order? Is that what yeah. you want to do? Okay. Uh, Dallas, Vegas, Thanksgiving Day. Cowboys are, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, who is the official sponsor of the SB Nation NFL show, obviously, as mentioned, uh, BLG, BLG and I will be on with Rob Stats Guerrero coming up. Um, well, you can go listen to it now by the time you're listening to this podcast. But uh, the Cowboys opened as seven-point favorites, BLG. They are now seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Again, this is a Tuesday afternoon. I'm going to say the Cowboys bounce back. Um, again, I just I think I'm just going to keep predicting the Raiders to lose just because you know things seem to be spiraling there. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. The, the I, cover? I, don't like, I don't even like talking about the Raiders right now. It's just it's like a weird, yeah. uh, thing to like predict football. It just seems like they're in a total you know funk and everything. And uh, uh, do I think they cover? Um, I just don't know. I'm gonna say no. I just I don't like any faith in them at all. Just it's not even like I feel like bad like because they're terrible now. Like I don't I don't think it's that simple. I think it's just like a it's a whole mess of a year and it's kind of just like a really big lost year for them. I think they win. I wouldn't take them to cover. I'm not saying I don't think they can. I just don't want anything to do with that. For what it's worth, that's how I felt entering the Atlanta game. They were 10-point favorites for that, and obviously won with authority. So, okay, we both have the Cowboys. Uh, we mentioned the Eagles visit the Giants. What was the opening line there, BLG? Three. So I think it's since, what, moved to three and a half? It's three and a half, Philly. I yeah. will take the Eagles to win and to cover. I don't think it's particularly close. We just outlined the Giants are trash. I mean, it's a short week for the Giants. Um, the Eagles are rolling right now. Again, their defenses have been able to handle bad quarterbacks. I think Daniel Jones or lesser quarterbacks. I think Daniel Jones fits in that bucket. Um, the Eagles offense, I think is going to be able the Giants deep run defense. Isn't that great from what last time I checked, I think the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball, uh, on this team losing, not having Jordan Howard for this game might hurt, but I, you know, you still have Miles Sanders and I think they'll be able to do enough in this game. I will say important to note, this is like the Giants Super Bowl. Jimmy, our good friend, Jimmy Kemsky uh. had a good tweet about this last night where he was like, uh, you know, it was tough for the Giants, you know, last night, you can understand why they lost to the defending Super Bowl champions because they're <laughs> looking ahead to their Super Bowl, which really is this week because they made it all about this. They, the Giants and back in the offseason, like, oh, we want to play the Eagles in week one because, we're mad that we didn't get into the playoffs last year, even though we only won six games and the Eagles didn't help us out by tanking in week 17. Uh, so like, I-, I do think there is a chance that like the giants come out super fired up for this game. Maybe that manifests in like a strong start. Maybe they like do something like aggressive, like an onside kick or whatever. But like, I don't know. I, this team is uh, not in a good way right now and i think the eagles are rolling so i'm gonna take the eagles and to cover for sure um agreed um i think we're gonna be in lockstep here we already kind of gave it away we're both taking washington to beat seattle and they are one point favorite so almost a true pick them mm. um so yeah i mean this game ended in a tie i just this is you know this isn't the nfc west mixtape but the seahawks suck i mean they're bad like they have waved the white flag themselves um washington wins and i have to hear about how uh ron rivera is good from you again which is annoying so um look at us we're simpatico we agree on all picks um yeah i mean i would say like there's a chance that russ gets it right not likely i guess at this rate but uh you know it's possible that he finds form 
Is the game game's in Washington, right? Or Maryland? Yeah, it's in Washington. Okay. Maryland. Yeah. Everyone well, a tournament. Well, it'd be in Washington either way, right? Oh. Some would say the Seattle Seahawks, the original <laughs> Washington football team. Um, man. Um, the Washington. That's something you like. You yeah. like like it's a weird symmetry like that. Um, Andy Dalton's going to start a Thanksgiving Day game for the second year in a row. How about that? You and know. he's going to. Did he win last year? He did not. That was uh, how could you forget? We did Friday football Friday last Who did year they play? on the Nation NFL show. They played Washington. Oh, that's right. Uh, it's been uh, a, it's been a long year. Uh, BLG, any thoughts about football, food, culture, food. Um, culture, you know, politics? I mean, yeah, anything... let's get into that. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> anything you want to say right that. that that you just. You know, actually, let's let's end this way. And I w- I'm going to bring this up again mm-hmm. on uh, on our conversation with stats. Anyone who goes over there will hear his opinions here. I'm going to assume a lot of people have listened to this on a road trip, traveling for mm, Thanksgiving, true. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so what is your your ideal road trip setup? Like, you know, do you have a snack? Do you have a drink? Like what size of drink? You got to be careful. You can't drink too much. Like, yeah. you know, are you listening to podcasts the whole time? Is it podcast part of the ways? Maybe music goes on the highway so you can sing your heart out. Like what's give us the, the setup here. If we're talking about like, you know, flight, um, I get pretty anxious, not like actually being on the plane, just going through like TSA and everything. Like I would just feel like I'm going to mess up for some reason or so I see someone else mess up and I'm kind of a bit of an empath. So when I see someone else mess up, I like internalize that feeling. Yeah. Um, so getting it's, through the gate. And it's stressful, like, especially if you're wearing like jeans, like getting the belt off, the shoots off, yeah. shoes off and like throwing yeah, it all the, back the, on the and like getting out of the way. Yeah, yeah sure. there's a line. And then like I'm trying to keep an eye on my stuff, too, just to make sure, like, no, nothing, you know, it's not being stolen or, you know, or getting a lot, whatever. Um, so that's all stressful. Once I'm through the gate, I'm usually or to the gate and through the, you know, the security check. I'm all good. So I'm not even like hungry or thirsty a lot of that time. BLG, what? I am uh, sorry. Uh, we have some breaking news oh here. Not what that happened? I, um, well, you know, good. I don't say good thing, but um, you know, this just happened. According to Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News, the New York Giants are firing offensive coordinator Jason Garrett after no. six games with wow. the team. Perfect. Um, uh, I, <laughs> How sad are you? Uh, so, first of all, uh, a tweet from Mike Florio. It's a good tweet. Uh, the Giants firing Jason Garrett is like an entire mall is on fire, but they focus the hose on the Auntie Anne's pretzel shop. Hmm. Okay. Um, I, th- I, th- I thought it was funny. Um, I think this is a good development for the Giants ahead of the Eagles game. I don't, like... I don't because th- this is Joe Judge saving himself. I mean, all right, it's it's a good development for the Eagles if that's what you're saying. But no, I'm like, saying I think this could be. You know, sometimes like when a team fires their head coach, they get like a, a bump that week and they like play like above their heads inexplicably, but it usually lasts a short. Like I could see maybe like a new offensive coordinator comes in this week and the Eagles don't have like as much scouting on whoever is taking over, and like the Giants get a little bit of a bump here. Like I don't think that's impossible. I think this hurts the Eagles in the short term. Um, maybe. Um. I mean, Garrett's terrible. Like anyone else, can't be worse. Probably no, I, no, no. I, I'm just like I'm saying maybe on the bump. Like that's what I mean. Like yeah, I, be I on the bump. I, no, right, but this right, week right. I'm saying I um I'm gonna choose to take this subject on the like, through the lens of like what happens to Jason Garrett now. I don't think he coaches anymore. Hmm. I mean, like this is a look, look. Th- this was, and I don't want to like 
take victory laps on Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was a wonderful person for the Dallas Cowboys for a very long time. Um, th- th- this was super predictable, dude. You know what I mean? Like, like from the moment it st- from the moment they fired him, if you even want to call it that, because it took forever to finally, you know, finalize that. Um, I mean, it, it was it was like he's going to go to the Giants. He's, you know, it was so predict- it was so he's going to go be the the head coach, the offensive coordinator of the Giants. That offense is going to be so bad. They were one of the, in fact, they were the least creative, least efficient, least scoring, least everything offenses in the NFL. And everybody said, well, you know, look at when he was an offensive coordinator in 2007. Guess what? It's not 2007 anymore. He has this. He has no idea what this NFL game is today. He doesn't. And yeah. that's, you know, I think he would be awesome in a front office. I really do. I think, he, okay. you know, like I, um, I did a, a hit with Silver and Black Pride, uh, SB Nation's Las Vegas Raiders community. And they asked me about Kellen Moore potentially being, you know, in the running for their head coach in the offseason. And I said, look, I don't think you want Kellen Moore for that. Like, I don't think you want this this kid, you know, when when you have a culture to build. Um, yeah. And, and you kind of I, I said Doug Peterson, but I said, look, if there's one thing Jason Garrett is good at, it's that like he, he can bring a stabilizing presence and he doesn't have to do that as a head coach. Like bring, bring him in as a front office figure. He would be great at that. Um, but well, uh, what about like yeah. an assistant head coach? You know, like he doesn't have like play calling duties. Like he's just on the staff with like let's say Kellen Moore. Like you know, like Kellen Moore is the head coach and Jason Garrett is there. Uh, and I think not necessarily threatening too. I don't think anyone's like calling for him to be elevated, so he wouldn't be like a threat in that way. He would just be there to kind of help like add more credibility. I guess so. I I mean, he's just he's so great at the like corporateness of of this world. You know, like he mm-hmm. I always said he understood what being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys was about. You know what I mean? Like the the public side of that job. Um cuz it's different, you know what I mean? And that that doesn't mean he's a great coach and he wasn't. But I I think he would be really really he would excel at that. And I think, you know, I would love to see him have success. It just was never going to happen in this kind of role. It wasn't. I mean, the, the data was overwhelmingly proving that. And, you know, wow. This is a deep cut, but I think like Princeton has like a good head coach in football. Princeton football, maybe you can go back and uh, <laughs> coach his college football team. Um, maybe, maybe he'll. Oh, is Jason Garrett going to do the like uh, shows up to like Sunday NFL countdown during like the playoffs type thing? Is he getting into broadcasting? You think? Hmm. I don't think he's. Maybe, but I don't. Is anyone like clamoring to hear from Jason Garrett? I mean, he's a former Cowboy, so obviously that's gonna right. Um, see, I'm spending too much time on Jason Garrett. Well, the last thing I was gonna say, as far as being like a head coach and stuff, I mean, look, his tenure as the Cowboys head coach should have ended way before it ultimately did. But Mm -hmm. he was a head coach in the NFL for a decade. Like, you you don't just see that those dudes like regress. You know, like you know what I mean. Like, take these small roles. You get what I'm saying? Like, there's he has some tenure that's kind of like. That's a lot of pride to swallow. And I'm not saying he's incapable yeah. of doing that, but it's just, it's an awkward, like it's awkward for Kellen Moore is a weird example, but like Kellen Moore to be like, the only time it ever worked in my mind is Sean McVay and Wade Phillips. Like, it's really weird when you bring in the like seasoned dude with somebody who has no sort of, you know, experience in, in the game, so to speak. So we'll see where he ends up. Um, yeah. So going back to the airplane thing real quick. Um, oh yeah, man. Uh, uh, it's a podcast basically. Last uh, last it. last tweet from Kevin Clark of the Ringer uh, tweeted, "Guys, you have to call him Coach when you announce his firing." Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, is he write "fired" instead of "fight" on his shirt. <laughs> um. Yeah. Most games in the NFL with fewer than twenty-four points um, in twenty twenty or since twenty twenty, the Giants have fourteen. Nobody else has more than twelve. So. Uh, and also two two final things. One. Uh, 
that we just brought up Joe Judge's answer earlier. I will say like it's a, not, oftentimes it's not about what coaches and players do say; it's what they don't say. And right. what he did not say there is Jason Garrett is our guy. So you know, writing on the wall. Um, and second thing, hey, with the holidays coming up, RJ, and people are looking for snacks, you want to go to righteousfelon.com <laughs> and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. If you like jerky, RJ, you're going to like this. And if you don't like it, they have non-meat snacks as well. So righteousfelon.com, discount code BGN15. It's a great holiday gift. Boom. BLG was looking to get that uh, jerky plug in as his road yeah. trip snack, but then Jason Garrett got fired and we had to talk about that. <laughs> I actually uh, wasn't, but yeah, there we go. BLG, happy Thanksgiving. You too, buddy. Uh, the last however many words you want belong to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone and to all good night. <laughs>